kill you in an amusement park as long as you have a dime left in your pocket. You're a wizard, Harry. And boom, here we are, second episode of the Universal Unleashed podcast, and I am so, so happy to be joined today by my brother Mike. Buddy, the first episode was a blast, talking not only Halloween Horror Nights, but uh, diving into our history with the Universal Parks. Um, so much fun, man, and thanks for coming back for another episode. You never, I didn't know if you were coming again, you know, after that first one. How could I miss an opportunity like this with you? <laughs> I mean, come on, man, I can't miss this. This is great. Yeah? How was your day today? It was good. It was hectic. I mean, not as crazy as yours. I mean, I know you got a little hurricane on the horizon, I heard, yeah, but man. this yeah. this Dorian doesn't know whether to come or go, go to Florida, not go to Florida. Apparently, it likes the Carolinas better than Disney. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's been it's been all over the weather of what it's going to be and not. I know you've been busy. That was tough after a three-day weekend for me getting back to work. But, uh, but you know, I'm happy to be doing this with you tonight, and we're going to see our brother Jason later, and uh, it's pretty much it. I'm, I'm hearing how your day went. Yeah, too oh, busy, man. Uh, Ryan had a sleepover last night because the kids are out of school here all week because of the hurricane. They just, you know, they don't want to take the chance, and I don't blame them. You know, the mandatory evacuation. We're not leaving because, you know, we have a generator, and I boarded the windows, and I just, I'd just rather be in my home, you know. Uh, we don't flood where we are in Charleston. Now, downtown Charleston will be eight feet underwater. It'll be it, – it, but it's underwater no matter what all the time. I mean, somebody pees too much downtown, and it, it <laughs> floods. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Um, but no, I, we're going to ride it out, man. We're going to stay, but I wanted to get on tonight to record this episode and, you know, we're going to do Disney dads here in just a little bit. Uh, because man, when we started talking, you know, the first episode was all based on our history with the parks and we want to talk a little bit of Halloween Horror Nights, but I wanted to dive into really what grabbed my attention with Universal. Uh, there was one attraction, there was one ride that whenever I was a kid, it terrified me, it excited me. I couldn't wait to do it, but I didn't want to be seated on the outside because it was just one of the best uh, put-together rides I've ever been on. And uh, we're talking Jaws the Ride. Mike, have you ever experienced this? I did. Back in 2009, uh, one of our first trips to Universal, uh, when the kids were on their very first trip there, and it was my first trip as well, uh, that was one of the first rides we went on. You know, it was a very familiar movie to me. Um, the, the kids had watched, believe it or not, Jaws a few times, so they were pretty excited about it. It was one of those movies that uh, they enjoyed. it. They weren't too scared of it. I think they kind of understood the the it's not so scary kind of thing. Uh, they weren't really scared of sharks when it comes to that. I think Sarah's more afraid of sharks now than she was when she was a kid. Yeah, we were uh, talking about that when we were up there. She was like, I'm not getting near the ocean. What are yeah, you talking about? Yeah, but you know, back then it was like, ah, you know, it's a movie. It's fake. It is what it is. So we, uh, we, I have some pictures from uh, when we post this episode of some, some of us on the ride and, you know, Sarah hanging out in that shark. And um, it was, it was, to me, it was like the Jungle Cruise with a little bit of horror. You know, yeah, uh, it had that, yeah. that, that humor, and uh, it was a good ride, but we enjoyed it. You know, it's got a little edge to it, but I think I think we would be missing something if we didn't talk about the attraction and why the attraction was made, and that's, of course, the movie. 
one, do you like this movie? And two, do you think they did a good representation with a six-minute attraction with with uh, with? And I, I mean, I'm talking iconic Steven Spielberg film. Yeah, you know, we were talking about Ghostbusters last week, and that's one of those early '80 movies. I think it was '84, and that movie really stood the test of time. And so does Jaws. I mean, you know, it's not a time that when I'm flipping through the channels if it's not on. I don't. I always put it on. You, you know, stay. You, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, you know the word. You know the the the, uh, the scenes line by line, and you know the scenes scene by scene. And um, it's one of those movies you can continue to watch, and you know how it ends. You know, and you know how each of them end. Uh, the original Jaws definitely my favorite. The, I think there's yeah. two, and then there was Jaws 3D, and um, the I don't think the other ones were as good as the first. I think the original Terror of the first one was pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 a great movie. I love the movie. Uh, I think they did it justice with the ride. Yeah, Jaws is one of my I would say top ten movies of all time. Um, and you're right, the other ones Jaws two is pretty. It holds on pretty good. Uh, I just watched him pretty recently all well i watched three of the four because i think the third one is absolutely terrible i think the third one has um what is his name he was in the baseball movie where he's he's uh he's an older guy and he gets back into the league and he's he does the commercials for safe driving and he uh oh my gosh he's got the the crazy brother durham guy no he's got the crazy brother that was in um independence day that flew into the Oh, the spaceship. yeah, 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 yeah. I know you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Everyone's going crazy now. They're like, who, who, what do you, you know, say his name. Well, Everyone the, knows the, who the we're talking about. crazy brother was from Vacation. That was... Uh, yeah, what's the, he's Cousin Eddie. Cousin what's, Eddie. But what's, what's his name? Well, Eddie from Vacation was Randy Quaid. Dennis Quaid. Now, see, I knew if I got the Quaid, that's it. How can two brothers be more uh, opposite <laughs> in looks, in uh, the way they act? I mean, you talk about two brothers that just took two totally different paths. I mean, they, yeah. they, one is really out there, and the other one's just like a wholesome, you know, uh, a wholesome guy that does um, um, commercials. I, I didn't like the third one. The fourth one? ironically enough i kind of liked even though it's when they go to the bahamas the plane man the plane oh yeah yeah you yeah, remember yeah, that yeah, yeah. yep yep i remember yeah that. so um yeah i, I like the fourth one a little bit but jaw the first jaws is just iconic you know it's shot up in in martha's vineyard in massachusetts and of course amity island and uh, all the vacationers coming for the fourth of july weekend they're on amity and it's the biggest weekend they have and the the one of my favorite characters is the mayor. You know, the mayor is like, we can't close the beaches, Chief Brody. I don't know why it sounds like a the ninety year old woman <laughs> that smokes like crazy, but uh, you know, we're not closing them. And uh, Brody, who is played by Roy Schneider, who he's got this premonition of this shark that's just gonna gonna get him. You know, the whole time. And then you get Richard Dreyfus coming in. You know, at that time, massive, massive actor. Yeah. And then of course the legendary Robert Shaw it's three characters that couldn't be more uh, not alike that play the parts perfectly with that movie. Yeah, and if you watch any of the documentaries on that, they hated each other. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, Robert Shaw and Richard Dreyfus hated each other. Yeah. They said that uh, Dreyfus, or not Dreyfus, but Robert Shaw would show up drunk to, to shooting almost every day. And when he does the scene, the famous um, monologue about the Indianapolis, Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a it's like a four minute dialogue, four or five minute dialogue. You know, uh, men go into the water, sharks are in the water. You know, does the whole thing. Yep. He uh, he showed up just just absolutely drunk one day, and he films it, and they didn't they didn't like it. They're like, no, 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 because he's supposed to be drunk in the scene, 
He shows up the next time completely sober, p- pretends to be drunk, and nails it. And that's the one that's in the uh, in the movie. Farewell and adieu to you, fair Spanish ladies. <laughs> Gosh, it's so good, man. It's so good. How established of an actor do you have to be where you can come to work drunk and they just kind of like deal with it? <laughs> Could you imagine just going to drunk work drunk? And, <laughs> ah, you know, he's just drunk today. Don't worry about it. Ah, you know, He'll figure whatever. it out. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's 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 him. It's, it's Robert Shaw. Yeah. Um, and you get some iconic lines out there with "You're gonna need a bigger boat." Um, you were talking about the the problems they had with filming the movie. There's a great documentary out there where they talk about all the problems they had. Bruce the shark, the the animatronic shark they had would break down constantly. And then the problem was they actually tried to film it on the water, on the ocean. So it sounds like an easy idea, but whenever you're doing multiple takes, the sun is setting or the sun is moving. And, you know, you're on one boat shooting and they're on the other boat. And your boat's drifting this way and that boat's drifting that way. And they couldn't get the shot. And so they went way, way over budget. And, uh, you know, Steven Spielberg thought, man, I'm this is the last movie I'll ever get to make. This This will be it. And it goes on to be one of his most iconic movies. But you were mentioning that they have a lot of similarities with the with the ride because the ride had a lot of problems too. You know, one of the major problems they had was a technical complication when the shark was attacking the boat. And uh, eventually they had redesigned it a few years later. And I had seen the redesigned version of when the shark eats the electrical cord and then it becomes fried and then the, the body of the shark comes floating up. Did you ever see the original version yourself of when the were shooting at the shark and the shark exploded? I believe so, but I don't remember. Because I would have been to the parks around the time. So the ride opened in 1990. Um... It was supposed to open. It's supposed to be an opening day attraction for Universal, but uh, because of all the problems, it wasn't. And they they were really up against it whenever they opened Universal because of this, because they needed things like confrontation and earthquake and Jaws to really be their key pieces to the park. But all three were having really really difficult times with uh, with malfunctioning and and being down. And um, so they so they really had to go and, and make a lot of changes with this. I, I think the major thing that gets me is anytime you add electronic components in water, you it seems to me, you know, you're more of the, um, you know, you can wrap your head around how things work. To me, it seems like there's no way these two things will go together over a long period of time. Yeah, anytime you put anything electrical and water and it, it it takes on a whole nother level of having to be sealed and components and, and you know, anything that's movable wears. So you have wear, now you have penetration of water. So it, it's a really, really hard task to create animatronics and electronics underwater. I mean, as we've seen, I mean, we, we've seen that in other parks as well, too, where, you know, animatronics are always having a problem because of, you know, wet conditions and moisture. You know, water electricity, I don't care what it is. Water and voltage just doesn't mix. It's not one of those things that go hand in hand. And uh, until they can figure out a different way to power it and not have electrical uh, through it, they're, they're going to wind up having problems like this in the future. You know, and we look at the, the way they had Bruce on the track under the water and they did such a good job of hiding the shark. You know, you're in an open setting and you should be able to see the scare. You should be able to see the, you know, what's happening and the way that they had Bruce hidden under the water. And then he was able to um, be on the track, but you never saw the track. It looked like a legitimate shark out in this bay and would come up right along your boat and the way the boats would move, you know, with, you felt like the shark was banging into the boat it really is an incredible feat for the early 90s to be able to pull this off and to make sure that it is a um, 
you know, something that's going to last for years and years and decades, really, uh, with thousands and thousands and thousands of people coming through every day. This thing's got to run, reset, run, reset. And the timing has to be impeccable because when the, when the, the boats come, uh, come around the bend, you know, that, that, that shark has to be reset or the entire scene is ruined. You know, you, if you see it going backwards, you're like, oh, well, that completely takes me out of it. <laughs> um, so whenever they build this, it really is something that's uh, that's really magnificent what they've done. I wish that everyone could could experience this. Of course, this episode is Extinct Attractions at Universal. So so that is not there unless you want to travel to Universal uh, over in Japan. It is still going there. And it is um, the, one of the tram stops in Hollywood at Universal. Uh, it's there as well. Um Mike, other uh, with with the before we actually wait, make our way through the uh, through the ride and we go piece by piece and talk about it, uh, is there anything else you think about the the way things work and the way it was built that you really want to dive into? I don't think so much about that. I think when you talk about the way it was built, they did a really good job on the queue. You know, mm-hmm. I, that was one of those things where they really did the. Uh, set and scenery to really put you in the mood of being in a village, almost like you've been transported to Amity Island. You know, it yeah. gives you that whole fisherman wharf type feel. You you really forget that you're in a theme park. You know, uh, a lot of theme parks we know do a good job of you know taking you out of that moment and really putting you in there. Uh, I think when it comes to the build and the mechanics of it, I think that's something that I wanted to talk about because it's definitely. It's one of it's those details that really make the ride. You know, if you just kind of walk in and it's a regular building or a studio warehouse, you kind of feel like, ah. But when you get put in that mood and that sense where you really feel like you're taking place, it really gives some, uh, makes you feel valid when you're on that boat ride. You know, like you really are along for that journey. And, you know, maybe there is some truth to what's going on here. You know, uh, I think that plays a huge part in the construction of the ride itself is setting the mood and setting the tone right from the beginning, from the minute you get on the ride. Yeah, and you know, we we talk a little bit about how this plays so well with the movie because Steven Spielberg had a huge hand in this. I mean, he was a consultant on the on the first uh, rendition, um, which opened in uh, June of 1990. But then, even though they had to go back and they had to fix the electrical components because of the inadequate, um, you know, keeping the water out and doing all. Listen to me, I sound like I really know what I'm talking about, don't <laughs> I? You start talking electronics, and I'm just. Bleh. Um, but then in 1993, when they reopen it, Roy Schneider, Lorraine Gray, and uh, Steven Spielberg all come back. And the one thing you notice with Steven Spielberg, he really has embraced the Universal Parks. Mm-hmm. You know, with E.T. and with this and, and Jurassic Park. And you think about some of the iconic movies he had his hands in. The They're all right there at those parks. So it's always good to see the people who create these movies, these iconic movies that last forever come back and create the attractions as well because i think it really makes a difference in the long run when they say no that goes there no that's not going to work no that line's not you know perfect things like that so i really think for an opening day attraction and for an attraction that was that is now almost would have been almost 30 years old uh it was a perfect attraction and it's no screens it's a throwback to the old the old rides where you didn't need 3d you didn't need a screen the you smelled the water you felt the the fire you you know felt the rush of the air as bruce went by it's just a perfect perfect attraction but let's go through uh let's go through the ride because there's a lot of people out there who are listening right now who were not at universal previous to uh harry potter which you know we talk about jaws closing jaws closed because of 
the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, and that went in its place for Diagon Alley. So, I mean, look, you get something great out of it, but I do do miss Jaws. But let's uh, let's jump on board. Um, you kind of talked about the queue a little bit. Let's talk about the ride itself, Mike. Well, it's very similar to a like a ferry boat. I, I, they were, if I remember correctly, they were bench seats, probably about four or five in a row, and they had two or three rows. Uh, obviously, if you wanted the best show, you would like you were saying, you want to sit on the outside. So, if you wanted to scare your kids or you wanted to uh, really get into the moment and you really wanted that great picture, you would want to be on the outside edge of the boat. If I remember correctly, I think the left side of the boat is where you saw the most action. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's where I know, didn't so, want to be. I was terrified. Yeah. So, if you really wanted the action, you kind of stay on the left side, outside, and it's uh, you know it's one of those very similar to a jungle cruise or very similar to just a little speed a little boat just kind of putting around in a little water area and you had a what would be a i guess in disney would call them a cast member we had someone uh, operating the boat and i guess would be an actor and they would kind of play alone a dialogue and they would talk about where they were going about seeing the shark and about how to avoid it and they would kind of play along in that that kind of funny humor they would incorporate with narrating the story as they were going around the actual boat ride I know you guys are all fully protected against shark attacks today by these 40-millimeter grenade launchers and the fact that no one's actually seen a great white in this town in 35 years now, so whatever. Amity 6 to base. Come in base. Uh, this is base. You're cleared for departure, Amity 6. Have a good trip. 10-4. It's time to start our voyage. Hey, guys, wave goodbye to those happy land lovers up there. And we're off. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome aboard Captain Jake's Amity Boat Tours. We're the best. Yeah. Yeah, uh, team members. That's um, their that's, their that's universal. Cool mm-hmm. And uh, the 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 great thing is, I love how the opening scene after you board the boat is Amity, and you look up and you see. If you look to your left, you see um, Chief Brody's house. You see Mary La- uh, Mayor Larry Vaughn, uh, the various uh, businesses, things of that nature, and um, then you see the famous lighthouse. If you've never seen the movie. I can't remember if it's the first or se- I think it's the f- it's the first one where they go out in the harbor. I think mm-hmm. is it the first one or second one? People are stream one. right now. I think yeah. Anyway, you see the lighthouse and when Chief Brody runs down the runs down the rocks, you know, to get to see his son, um, and you get to you get to go right around the lighthouse. And as you come around the lighthouse, that's when everything is really starting. The uh, the skipper he, he, he the cool part is, and I forgot to talk about this. Do you remember Mike? When you would stand in the queue, and there would be the radio station playing, and the radio station was WJWS, right, 13, and it was the station that bites. So, like, I mean, it's just the perfect, and it would be in and out, playing music, stuff like that, but they, the skipper is in constant contact with, with a base, home base, and they're talking, and home base comes along, and they say, we've seen a shark in the area, be on alert. And he gets his gun out. You know, he's got this big, uh, big gun. He's like, "We'll be safe. There hasn't been a shark in these parts in 27 years, or you know, whatever, whatever the line mm-hmm. was." Uh, and you come around the bend, and that's when you first see the harbor, and you first get your sight of that dorsal fin. It sounded like Gordon on Amity Three. Over. Ten uh, four. We copied. He can't be too far away. He was headed back in. Uh, we're we're picking up his distress signal now. Uh, keep an eye out for him. I'll call Chief Brody. Base clear. Ten four. All right, guys. Looks like one of our other tour groups ran into a little bit of trouble, so we're gonna have to make. I don't believe this. What happened? Amity six to base. Amity three is sinking out by the lighthouse. I don't know what could have done this out here except except the shark. 
Carl. Hey, uh, everybody, stay calm here, okay? We're gonna get you guys off the boat. We just have to make sure that... Shark, the biggest one I've ever seen. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, it's going underneath the boat. Base, what do we do out here, man? Stay calm, try the grenade launcher. Wait, you mean these things are actually loaded? Shoot. Do you remember the first time you rode this and you looked over and you're like, there's a shark over there. It legit looks like a shark. Yeah, I, I do. And it kind of speeds by really quickly and it goes in and out. So it, it kind of pops up and then it goes away very fast. Well, I think that's one thing they do in the movies that's perfect is it's not always teeth and ripping things apart. That movie's great with the combination of music and the little shots you get. It's, it's you know, where a fin comes out of the water, but then nothing happens. But you keep expecting. You're on edge. It's more of what you don't see. It's the unexpected. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's just a classic, classic horror movie. Um, and, of course, you know it's a great white uh, that's that's coming to, and he swims right under the tour boat, and then your tour boat actually rocks back and forth, which is such a cool effect because you got to think, man, these boats are on tracks. They're not driving these boats. And now they have uh, been able to make these boats go back and forth. And, uh, you know, he's got the grenade launcher up front. And it is absolutely one of the best things. Do you remember when the uh, skipper would fire the gun? And the water, perfect timing, the water would explode where the where the grenade launcher would hit the water. Mm-hmm. Yep, I remember. Yep, absolutely. I mean, it's, imp- it's impeccable. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it, they are spot on. I wish that um, people could if, if, go to YouTube right now and you need to watch this traction. There's lots of great videos there. Um, this is when I think you really get the feeling in your gut like, ooh, here, here it comes. Do you remember your girl's first time riding it? I do. And Sammy was very little, so she, I don't even think she remembers it. And Sarah was kind of, uh, I think she was trying to laugh it off as a joke so she wouldn't seem afraid. You know, one of those kind of yeah, things yeah, yeah. where if, if I laugh about it, it would, it's okay. I won't be afraid. So uh, I do remember that. But, uh, y- yeah, it's it's definitely one of those things where because you, you're not seeing it. It's, it's kind of making you uneasy, you know, until that moment comes where he actually pops up out of the water and everyone on the boat's kind of like, ah, they all, you know, scream and get scared, you know? <laughs> my, and my favorite part is I love that we're, 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 uh, we're putting our lives in the hands of a teenager driving a boat now around <laughs> Amity Island, uh, because he goes with this brilliant idea. He sees the, uh, he sees the, uh, the boathouse nearby and he goes, let's hide in there. You know what I mean? It's a floating, uh, floating, Boathouse, and uh, we're gonna be safe there. Chief Brody will be here soon. This is Amity Six. Tell Chief Brody we'll hide in the boathouse until he gets here, okay?
And you go into this boathouse. The door's open. You go in, and the door's closed behind you, not to be more ominous than ever before. It's dark, and you start to hear these little things uh, outside, and all of a sudden, you start to realize that the shark's coming inside. You know, and look, the, they play it, the skipper plays it so perfectly, um, trying to get out of this place to get, uh, to get away from the shark. It was very dark in that spot and they had very limited lighting and, um, you know, and they were playing up the whole scene. And yeah, I do remember that all. But before you do go in that boathouse, I do remember there was the the large boat outside. The orca was outside. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The tribute yeah. to the, you know, the boat that they were on in the actual first movie. That's yeah, that's very, very cool. Um, and I like that, you know, you, you get that scene of, of Bruce trying to break through the wall and and get in there. And as a skipper guns it and off you go. Um, out out of the boathouse, and then you come into your final scene. Yep. And the final scene was the one that I got to see because I never got to see the original version. Was from the second movie. Was when Jaws comes up and he goes to take a bite of the boat, but instead he takes a big bite of the power line and he winds up electrocuting himself. And then they put fire on the water, and you can hear him the shocking and the the, the lights flashing. And then lo and behold, a couple of seconds later, you see the deep fried shark laying on top of the water <laughs> with his skin peeling off and, and, and awful. But, you know, and the skipper's all happy because you made it through and the shark is gone. Mayday, so. Mayday, this is Amity 6. We need somebody out here right now. Whoa! Amity 6. Chief. Ten minutes? Who'll be shark baiting? Ten minutes. All right, guys. Help me out here. Where is he? I don't even see him anywhere. We should be okay up here. Uh, we're gonna try to get off at that old fishing dock straight up ahead, all right? We'll unload one row at a time up here, guys. Watch out for the high voltage bars. Now, everybody just stay seated so we can make this as quick and... Oh, no. <laughs> Skipper, you're coming back. We're coming home. That was the line he would always yell back and everybody cheer. And then as you're getting off, he go, now don't tell anybody what you saw. We got to keep the tourism going around here. You know, I uh, just, it's just such a great, great, great ride. I, I loved every single second. And like you said, it wasn't even so much the ride. It's the whole area. You know, the San Francisco um, area of that universal park is, is right there. It's 
absolutely just an incredible part. I really, really miss it. Let me ask you this. Would you rather hang on to an attraction like this, where you have those scenes that, you know, you get a physical shark, you get the feel of the fire on you, you get the water splashing, or would you rather have the screen rides that maybe are a little more exciting visually, but they're screens? No, I wish they had more of the old style Jaws ride. I think as as good as Universal does it, I think they're a little screen heavy with their rides. I think a lot mm-hmm. of their rides there. It's a lot of shows there. Um, when we go with Laura, that's one of Laura's biggest complaints because she just gets motion sickness after a while. After doing three and four and five of those rides, and that's what there's a lot of there. They do a great job of them, but it gets to be a little screen heavy. And uh, I think that I would love to see a few more of those. Uh, the old school Jaws ride, the you know the you know the getting wet, the being on a boat, and the not so. You know, throwback. Listen, there's so much technology you can do now to make that an even better, more of a high def shark and whatnot. And so, I would rather have seen that updated than be replaced with the screen ride. You know, and it was weird. I remember when they made the announcement. It was um, December the second, two thousand eleven. Universal comes out and they announce the the closing of Jaws, right? And then they said it'll permanently close January second, two thousand twelve. So they gave it a month. They gave people a month to get down there and, and see this iconic, iconic, iconic attraction. They've been there 22 years. Yeah. Um, you know, and of course, you do get you get Potter. You get Wizarding World, and you get Diagon Alley. Um, but there was, I remember, man, there was a huge, huge backlash to, uh, to when this closed. Because people, look, this is what I remember as a kid being universal. For me, this was my, my one attraction that I thought, all right, if we're going to Universal, we got to make sure to do Jaws. Um, so it was a little disappointing to see this close, but I was really glad that they kept the, uh, they kept the shark statue hanging, mm-hmm. uh, out and, uh, and you can still take your picture. You sent me a picture right before we recorded it. It was Sarah, right? Yep. Sarah. Yep. She's uh, probably, probably about Riley's age, probably about seven or eight years old. Yeah. Yeah. Of, of the shark statue. And I've got pictures of me when I was little and I got pictures with Katie when I first took her to Universal. So, you know, if you go over there, it's uh, over in the Fisherman Wharf area of the San Francisco section of the park. You can uh, you can get your picture with the with the the iconic hanging shark that uh, has been there for going on thirty years. Yeah. I think one of my favorite things about that is as a child, I spent a lot of my childhood vacationing with my parents in Cape Cod, Massachusetts, and that whole Cape area is very wharf-like, you know, with the fishing boats and whatnot. And that was a, a very familiar kind of town to me because that's what a lot of Cape Cod looks like when you look at like Wellfleet and Truro and Provincetown. That whole area looks like that scene. So I was really transported in that. And I think they really did a fantastic job. And I definitely missed the ride a lot. And uh, I would take that any day over some of the screen rides. Me and you both, buddy. I think uh, I, I think people, if or this episode is either going to bring back great memories or it's going to make people think, man, I wish I could have done that. I have to go travel to Japan now. Um, or they're going to be looking it up on YouTube because it really was fantastic. Is there anything you want to add to Jaws um, before we add on to one more little small thing uh, before we wrap this episode up? No, and I think that if uh, if you haven't seen the ride, if you haven't been able to experience the ride, I definitely think there's a lot of good quality YouTube videos out there. So, uh, like I said, if you can't go to Japan to go see it, definitely you know do yourself a favor, watch it on YouTube. Uh, hopefully, we did it justice explaining you know how the ride was and you know our experiences on it. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much it with Jaws. 
you know, Jaws is terrifying, but it's not as terrifying as uh, something that goes on starting this week at Universal. We talked about it in the first episode, and we're going to talk about it again because it is that time of year, and we want to try to get through all the houses. We got a late start this year because uh, we did not have this show whenever they were making all the great announcements for Halloween Horror Nights. So, guys, let's go right now and let's talk some Halloween Horror Nights. man uh, we're talking about it all over again i i want to talk about a specific house tonight because this may have been after ghostbusters i'm pretty excited about this one because i don't know your opinion on these movies but i really like black and white scary movies and like classic horror movies and one of the houses we're getting is universal monsters and it's all those great universal monsters that we've seen on the big screen um it says Terror is about to be unleashed with Universal Pictures' iconic Universal Monsters coming to Universal Orlando's Halloween Horror Nights. This all-new haunted house, the world's most terrifying monsters, unleash havoc. Thirsty for anything and everything in their path. As you try to escape to safety, you'll step into each monster's domain, but beware, they refuse to let anyone get out alive. Mike, you have Dracula. You have the Wolfman. You've got Dr. Frankenstein. And then, of course, the Creature of the Black Lagoon and the Mummy all right there. We talked about it on the first show. These are working sets for movies. So when you think of a haunted house, don't think of what you're seeing maybe in your hometown. This is a the, whenever they talk about um, Dracula, you're going to be in his castle. Whenever they talk about the creature of the lagoon, you're going to be in the lagoon. Um, it's going to be pretty cool. What's your thoughts on this house? Would you uh, is this one you'd be excited about, or or uh, are you going? Eh, it's okay. It is. You know, Creature from the Black Lagoon was actually one of my favorite movies as a kid. Uh, I was. I mentioned before, my dad had one of those like reel-to-reel projector things, mm-hmm. and um, he had a whole bunch of those horror movies. And we used to watch them as a family, as as kids. I don't know, you know, if that was good parenting or not, but it was pretty funny. And uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon was one of our favorite movies to watch. Um, I, I, you know. Like rock and roll, like rap or whatever it is, everything starts from somewhere. And I think it's really important to explore the foundation on how some of these things, you know, you wouldn't have the movies of today if you didn't have the previous ones. And right. I think it's awesome to have the original ones. This, this is how it started. You know, when you when you look back at like rock and roll, you look at like Led Zeppelin or Pink Floyd or, you know, it gives you the kind of bands and the influence you have today. Uh, same thing with rap. You look at like Run DMC or something like that. And, you know, what it attributed to what today's, you know, music is. I think it's important with movies and horror especially too because you know the old school Dracula the mummy the you know the creature from the black lagoon uh, the blob was another movie we used to yeah, watch yeah, all the time yeah. um, a whole bunch there was another one with like these crazy insects and attack of the killer tomatoes you know was another you know old B movie we used to watch all the time but the old you know black and white movies were great uh, it, it was that real sense of horror because it was new back then and i think that's really cool that they pay tribute to that and, and that has a huge part in the park it's a great throwback to, to actors like boris karloff and you know the guys who would sit in makeup and prosthetics for you know 18 hours because they just didn't have back then what we have now you know with with di- being able to digitally do some of the stuff they do these guys paved the way 
And whenever you talk about things like Dracula and the Wolfman, I mean, look, they're still terrifying. One of the scariest movies still to me is the original Night of the Living Dead. Right. It's fantastic. Black and white. If you've never watched it, you can watch it with your kids because it's not, I mean, it's scary, but it's not gory. You know, they don't really have any gore scenes in there. It's more just a, a suspenseful scary. Um, it's nothing like Saul or, you know, the movies you see now. Um, right. I, I'm really looking forward to this, and I'm looking forward to the soundtrack for this too because I think we're going to get those old school classic um, sounds like you get in those movies. You, you know, like the, um, you know, I don't, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, mm-hmm. Just that weird, scary, just the sounds in itself are, are enough to terrify you if you just walk through a black house. But this will be one of those houses that I'll really be interested to keep my eyes open for once and look around and see how they do not only Dracula and the Wolfman and all that. And you know you know, Dr. Frankenstein's lab and Frankenstein himself are going to be, he's going to be massive. Like he's going to be like six foot eight. They always get big, big, big scare actors to take care of them. Um, he's going to be terrifying. As he comes at you. So I'm really, really looking forward to this. And the fun part is, man, when this episode drops, it'll be the first night for Halloween Horror Nights. As long as Dorian doesn't mess up everything. <laughs> exactly. Well, hopefully you should take the wrong, you know, just go the other path. We'll see. Well, and two, it's my fault because every single year I go, there's a hurricane. So, <laughs> I mean, look, blame if you're a Halloween Horror Nights fan, blame me because every year I go, something happens. I'm just glad they didn't plant corn this year. Every time they plant corn uh, for a maze or, or for a house or something, like when they had the Scarecrow house, they always it, – it's Hurricane, and it always <laughs> comes through and demolishes it. So um, another great, great house coming to uh, Halloween Horror Nights. Um, Mike, anything you uh, anything you want to add tonight? I really appreciate you jumping on here and us doing our second episode of, uh, of this show. It's really – look. This show is going to evolve, everyone. We're going to change. You know, the the structure of it's going to change. Uh, Mike and I will settle into talking Universal and you know not mentioning the other park down the street. You know, all the time we're used to talking about that other park. Um, but we're really, really looking forward to talking Universal and jumping into more attractions that they have now and and dining that they have now. It's going to be a lot of fun, buddy. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, you know, once the house to start opening we're going to be seeing a lot of you know live videos and youtube stuff and i can't wait to uh, experience that you know if i can't get down there myself it'd be nice to see the you know the people streaming it from the parks and getting to partake in you know what they're getting to see yeah i'm gonna throw something out there too look we have um some really cool ways to interact with the show over disney dads um we want to come up with some unique things for this show as well for universal unleashed so if you have any ideas of ways that you think man it'd be cool if they did this you know, with their uh, with their family, and and had them. You know, maybe maybe you guys would like to uh, design uh, music for Halloween Horror Nights. You know, the new scary music, and we'll plug it in and we'll give you a shout out, or or you know, post those pictures, or maybe um, you know, you can call into the Disney Dads line three one seven WDW Dads and uh, tell us a little bit about your Universal experience, or tell us a story about Jaws and writing that. Uh, we want you guys to interact with this show. It's a new show. But uh, it will grow over time, and it's going to be so, so great to, uh, to talk everything Universal and to not be, uh, not be so Disney. Yeah, it's nice not to be so Disney sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes you got to branch out and just uh, you know, let them fly. Yeah. <laughs> be the adult. Well, Mike, uh, thanks so much, buddy, for, for coming. Uh, it's been a blast. And uh, closing words for me? Uh, I had a great time with you tonight. Hopefully when this episode drops, everybody will be safe and dry and that the hurricane will take a different path. And, uh, you know, best to you guys. And hopefully uh, 
Hopefully it all wrecks out with the storm. We'll see. My favorite part is when that happens. It's my favorite <laughs> part of flustered. anything. And that's staying right there. Guys, remember, everything's universal. And we look forward to seeing you next episode. And that's going to do it for the Universal Unleashed podcast. Check out all of our shows at www.disneydadspodcast.com. And while you're doing that, make sure to head over to Facebook and join the Universal Unleashed Facebook group where you can find out everything going on in the Universal Orlando parks. This has been YDF Media Productions.